This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hey, it's Annie Grace, and I am answering readers' questions. And today's question is a pretty simple one, but with a lot of of depth. So the question is simply, how do you manage angry family members when you've had a setback? Oh, big, big question in few words. So um, I'm excited to dig into this one. I think that I think that one of the principles I like to be guided by in relationship is what is the outcome I desire and how that would guide me in my marriage, for example, is the outcome I desire to be on the same team and to be in relationship or is the outcome I desire to be right and justified? And your brain is going to tell you you just want to be right. Of course it is. But if you can slow down enough and say, okay, what is the outcome I desire? And usually when I'm having a problem in my marriage, if I can slow down enough and manage my emotions enough and maybe take a breath and take you know, a second away and, and write it out and journal it, I can say, oh, wait, no, I'm not actually, I don't really care that much about being right. I actually care a lot more about the relationship. And so I would ask yourself this as a very, very first question before you even start. What is the outcome you desire? You know, is the outcome you desire to protect your emotions or to truly build trust with them? Because often we will take, what happens in relationship is that, you know, it's almost as if you're, you're, <laughs> you want to be on the same side. You want to be on the same team. You want to be both facing the same way, shoulder to shoulder, going for the same goal. But often what happens is we get confused and we put each other on other opposing teams. And all of a sudden we're fighting against each other and we lose sight of, wait, what's the outcome I want, which is what is the goal that we both want side by side, which the goal, you probably actually want the same goal. You know, if you're, you're framing this as having a setback, you probably actually want the goal of you being alcohol free. They want the goal of you being alcohol-free, okay? So the natural feeling, I'm just going to walk you through what I've noticed is kind of my, I guess it's five stages of feeling an emotion when I have something, a big problem in that I, when I've done something wrong, when I've seen someone else do something wrong, when, when, so, when something really emotional comes up, okay? And the first stage, so you've had a setback, the first stage is shame, This is what we feel. They get mad at you, you feel shame. What do you wanna do during shame? You wanna run away, you wanna disconnect, you wanna hide. You wanna be apart, you wanna be separate, you wanna lick your wounds, you feel shameful. Shame is characterized by needing to hide, needing to disconnect, needing to push away. That's shame. Now, of course, that's what you feel. Now, immediately, shame feels so bad, and shame is an internally directed emotion. You're judging and you're feeling something against yourself, and it feels so bad that often you very quickly can move into blame, and blame is an externally focused emotion, and blame says, how dare they? I'm trying as hard as I can. Like, why are they so mad? Don't they see all the progress I've made? Haven't they been paying attention? Isn't this great already? What is their problem? And all of a sudden, it feels so much better than shame because it's external, you're blaming them, okay? And from shame to blame, 
is a pretty easy jump. You feel shame and you can go right into blame, blaming them for not giving you a chance, not believing you, you know, not seeing the progress you already made, stuff like that. And usually we have the conversation with the people we love when we are firmly in that moment of blame. Why? Because in shame, we don't want to have a conversation because we're hiding. But blame, we are fueled. All, shame has no energy. Shame is a put the covers over the head, hide emotion. Blame has energy. It is angry energy. We are fueled by anger. We are fueled by righteousness. We are fueled by feeling justified. We are fueled by feeling we had the short end of the stick. Someone did us wrong and we blame. And of course, blame in this situation probably runs out pretty quickly, but often people will talk and confront and have the conversation with their loved one in the moment of blame. Now, what does that do? That immediately puts you on the opposite end of the field in the opposing team. They're blaming you. They're upset with you. They're angry with you. You're blaming them right back. Explosion. Okay. So I would encourage you to go to a journal through shame, go to a journal through blame, get all the blame out. Don't filter it. Let it all be there. Nobody's ever going to read it. Burn it. If you need to afterwards, get it all out. Allow yourself then through all the blame to move into what I think is the next emotion. It's, it's even more painful. It's often where we want to re-self-medicate and that's guilt because in this emotion, you do all your blaming and then you, you get it all on paper and you start to realize, oh wait, no, but I was really the one who drank. I was the one who did have a setback and I actually, you know, and guilt doesn't feel good. Again, it's internally emotion, but guilt is so much better than shame because in guilt, guess what happens? Blame you're a victim. You do not want to be a victim here because victims have no power to make things different. Blame, he did it to me, she did it to me, I'm so put upon, I, you know, can't they see the progress I'm making? But guilt doesn't feel great because again, you're looking at yourself and it can feel a little like shame sometimes, but in guilt, you're saying, oh wait, I have a part in this. And guilt is, is a place where you can actually make a change. In guilt, as opposed to blame, if you can transition from blame to guilt, you take all your power back. And really where all the power is, is taking one more step towards ownership, extreme, complete ownership of your mistake and how it made um, you feel and process that first. And then from ownership, you can really go to compassion. And if you're doing this as a journaling exercise and going through these five emotions, I highly recommend you start with compassion for yourself. And when you're in compassion for yourself, you can suddenly start to have a little bit of compassion for the people who are angry at you. And when you have compassion, that is a really great place to have the conversation because then you're approaching it with ownership saying, look, I am so sorry that I did this. And I think one of the best ways to frame a conversation about this, and it's not it's not fun for you, but it's such a gift to the other person, is a true heartfelt apology with no ifs, ands, or buts. And with no expectation of, well, now, you know, they should act a certain way. They should forgive me immediately. They should, um, you know, never bring this up again. They should give me a clean slate. They should give me another chance. None of the shoulds. Get rid of all the shoulds. And so go in with this really true heartfelt apology. And then if you have the guts, and this is really powerful for you, once you're having compassion for yourself, if you have the guts, Ask them what your mistake cost them and how it made you feel and listen and be present for that. If you can be present to a loved one telling you how your behavior actually makes them feel when they're not in a place of anger, when they're not in a place of blame, but when you've apologized and things have calmed down, if you can be present to the cost, there's no greater motivation for you to change.
Now, I will tell you that if you go the opposite way of blowing up in blame, getting on the opposite field, pulling the rope, getting against the other person, and, and then you feel guilt and you don't go through like getting present to that, or when you're getting present to it, it's too painful and you just feel shame again, you will probably like want to self-medicate that away. The trick here, really upleveling your emotional life, your, your relationship, re- relational, relational life is in allowing for all those very difficult emotions. So how do you do this? I literally will write like on the side of my journal, Annie, I got you. You got this. You can do this. Stay. Stay here. Process this. Allow this. Allow the guilt. Allow the shame. Allow the blame. Allow the ownership. Allow the compassion. Allow, allow, allow. Stay here. I got you. You can do this. You're this strong. And I will pep talk myself through this process because the trick to really finding freedom from alcohol is to staying present in your emotions. When you stay present in your emotions, your emotions are a guide and they can point you and guide you to all the things in your life that you were trying to escape from in the first place. But you can't hear those things when you're drinking and you're just numbing and obliterating the very thing that can help you really process and move into the next level. So that is my thing. You know, there's no power in being a victim. There's no power in blaming. There's all the power in the world in ownership in, you know, allowing yourself to feel a little bit of guilt, allowing yourself to feel those negative emotions, taking total ownership. And there's so much power if you have the courage to showing up in a very loving way, giving a heartfelt apology with no buts and no shoulds and no expectation, and then sincerely asking them and listening to the cost of your behavior. No greater motivation if you can stay with it, shed the tears, and really, and by the way, no, no greater gift no greater gift to the other person. So I would say back to the beginning, think about the outcome you desire. Is the outcome you desire to build this relationship? If it is as difficult as everything I've just said is, that is what will get you there. If the outcome you desire is to be right or to be justified or to be righteous in this or to get them to say they've been too harsh on you or to get them to say something that's going to make you feel better in the moment, um, you won't really have created uh, some, something between you that can be helpful. You'll just, you just will have gotten your way. And so that can feel good in the moment, but it won't probably feel good in the long term. Hi, I'm so excited, you guys, because we are just about to start another live alcohol experiment. And if you do not know about the alcohol experiment, you need to literally drop everything right now and go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash LAE. That's LAE for live alcohol experiment. And here's the thing. This 30-day challenge is designed to interrupt your patterns and put you back in touch with the best version of you. You know it's that version that's living the most joyful life, that version that doesn't need alcohol to relax, or have a good time and that version that's having more fun and is more peaceful than ever. Again, it's a 30-day challenge. It's live. It's starting on the first. So hurry up. Go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash L-A-D. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.